Well, good morning. Uh, I don't know if it's morning everywhere. Probably not morning for you, Jennifer. <laughs> not, no. <laughs> well, I'm uh, here with Jennifer Friend. Y'all know Jennifer from Solid Ground and Buck Angel. So this is our first time getting to chat with Buck. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to have this conversation. I'm sure a lot of people know who you are. But for anybody who doesn't, do you want to give a little introduction? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, first off, thank you so much for inviting me on the show to have conversation wow what, what i can't even believe we're gonna do this it's crazy i'm like kind of nervous <laughs> that being said i um i'm a transsexual man which means i'm a biological female uh born 61 years ago and i transitioned to live my life as a male uh 31 years ago so um i acknowledge my biology i know i'm still female i did not change my sex so with that i i, I don't even want to say i'm an activist because that's just a dirty word these days i i feel that i'm a, a person who transitioned such i'm an elder i guess really i'm an elder in the transsexual community and i'm fighting right now for the rights of children uh not to transition and i am fighting for women's rights at, at this point i think within my transitional space 31 years that's a long time and i and i imagine that you've seen a lot of movement in in what it means as a political entity to be a transsexual person and what the conversations have been like in the public sphere. I, yeah. I, I feel like it's not something that's been on my radar for all that long. I guess the first time I had a friend who uh, transitioned would have been in the, I guess like the around 20, maybe 2007 or eight. And I, I met a person that I'd gone to high school with who had transitioned. And I just felt like this is really interesting. And I, I didn't, you know, it was just meeting a person where they were and not, not with judgment, just with, wow, wow, this must have, this is a huge decision that you made. And, you know, I'm going to learn with you what's right. going on. And since then we've seen this, this, this entire thing since then I have seen, I guess I should say so much change and so much politicization of this. And with, it feels like the, with therapists and teachers being basically deputized as pharmaceutical and medical salespeople to sell the idea of transgenderism to children. Now we have a lot of people who are really concerned about what this means. And it's not, it's no longer feels like an individual personal That's choice. Right. It feels like there's a lot of a lot going on here. And so I'm, right. I, you know, what, what has this been like for you to go from at, at you were 31 years old, yeah, 30 years 30. old mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. making this change. And I've seen yep. pictures of you and you were a really beautiful woman. <laughs> Thank you. So, and now you're a really, con you know, like extremely well passing <laughs> early you. dude. Yeah. That's so, the point. Oh, yeah. 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 The point. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why, oh gosh, that's such a heavy question, but mm -hmm. I sort of answer it without maybe an hour. Um, it's upsetting for me, I'll be honest, because I've championed for transsexual uh, rights for 30 years since I transitioned on, on some level and uh, really traveled the world, really trying to get people to see us and me as a human. And that this was something that on some level really helped me move forward in my life on a positive. Prior to my transition, I was a drug addict, alcoholic, homeless, crack addict, prostitution. Should I go mm -hmm. on? And here I sit today, sober 30 years, you know, have my own businesses. I have a family. Family, a kid, I can just go on and on. You can just literally see two different people. That's what I want the world to see about transitioning. And children were never in the picture. Again, mm -hmm. I'm 31 years into this, never were they in the picture. So as a transsexual yeah. adult, I'm like, what? We never wanted kids because we should get trying to be getting kids out of dysphoria. Today, mm -hmm. I feel like we're pulling them when practically most of these kids are not trans. Mm -hmm. They're being pulled into this sort of ideology. And I know it sounds crazy for a transsexual person to be telling you this, but I tell you this because I care. I not only care about kids, I care about the future of transsexual medicine. And it's all going to just disappear because of what we're doing with children. So I'm, I'm actually mortified that we're, ex we are experimenting, physically experimenting on children, doing surgeries. And don't let anyone tell you that's not happening because I'm sitting here today telling you it is happening. Surgeries, hormones, all of it, which are irreversible. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. crazy. <laughs> yes. What do you, Buck, what's your sense of what's driving this? Yeah. Why this sudden push to go with the dysphoria and to even perhaps encourage the dysphoria 
Oh, such a great question. And it's going to be crazy what I'm going to say right now, because I never in a million years would think I would say this, but money, it has to be. There's, I have sat and, you know, really, I, I distanced myself from this for a long time because I knew it was becoming politicized and I didn't want to get into this as a political statement. I wanted to get into this as a medical space. This is a medical space, by the way. Mm -hmm. Before we move forward, I really want people to understand I'm a transsexual. I'm not transgender. And this is how I can distinguish between these two and I can help all of you out there distinguish between the difference between me and them and they are an umbrella term I am a medical condition called gender dysphoria where I got diagnosed I go through a medical system I want to look like a man all right I want to act like a man I want to be a man and that's always what I have done and what transsexuals have done we, we used to call it a sex change right but we yeah. never can't do that here I am right today you can look at the trans umbrella and they're pulling people in to be trans right I'm not trans I'm a transsexual it's my medical condition so these kids are now identifying as trans so it's become an ideology it's become an identity choice yes yeah. right it's an identity this is not an identity choice I don't I don't want anybody to even know I'm trans like you know so I just really want to put that on the table so people can kind of see why I call myself a transsexual as opposed to trans so then I started to see this influx in young people on the internet just I'm trans. I don't have to transition to be trans. I don't need gender dysphoria to be trans. Anyone can be trans. Self ID. I was like, what is that? It was like, you, you know, you can completely see the, the, the sort of storm coming in and you're like, should I get in the house or should I put the sandbags out? I, I was confused. I put the sandbags out too late. I did. Mm -hmm. I feel sort of bad about myself not stepping up to the plate, but I think it has to do with money and some form of control or, or something but money comes to mind first you know i i watched this video recently that i i found it really profoundly interesting this guy jason bradley has this mm. youtube channel everybody shook and he does these fantastic documentary style videos and i okay. i recommended it to you jennifer because i want to have him on for solid ground and talk to him but he right. did this one about uh, population, the birth of population control. And he talks about the birth control, like what, what we did when we introduced birth control. And I, I, you know, there's a lot of people who are very wealthy and, and really are concerned about the numbers of people on the planet for lots of reasons. And I've thought, gosh, why not just introduce more non-reproducing identities to the population? And I, is that a crazy conspiracy theory or is that something that is worth putting on the table? Is that a thing? Why do we have the UNESCO and the mm. WHO supporting gender uh, gender transition in children? Why do we have them pumping this That's stuff right. into our education system if it's That's not right. something to do with population control? And maybe I just went a really weird place, but I can't, you know, what do you guys I don't think? think it's, but I don't think it's that weird because these are the same people who are absolutely right. convinced that we are in this immediate, urgent um, sort of climate crisis. And so it does make sense that they would also think that reducing the population is a way of combating that. Instead of let's talk about sex, let's talk about, you know, how, how do you not make babies, right? Like I'm all about sex education, just so you know, but in a way that's the way you do it very, you know, separate boys and girls, talk about it in a way that's, this is what's happening with your body. You know, you're going to start growing breasts, you might, you're going to menstruate. I think these are very important conversations with young people and that eventually, you know, if you do these things, your pregnancy, I don't even think we talk about that anymore. And what they're seeing is pornography which yeah. I, I don't know if you all know, my background does come from pornography. So, I, and I'm always willing to talk about it, just so you know, I don't skirt that issue in any way, shape or form, because it's an important conversation. And you have to understand, I did my work 20 something years ago. Today, it's a whole other space that I'm even not cool with. It, mm. the, the accessibility to pornography and young people is just out of control. Out yeah, of control. Can you say, can you say more about that? How mm -hmm. the porn space has changed over the past oh, few decades? Oh gosh. Oh gosh. So it's horrible. Look again, here I sit, I sit in <laughs> every position in my whole life. I sit in this weird middle <laughs> ground, right? Where I'm trying to keep those at bay and those at bay. And here I sit trying to find that nuanced space. Now, pornography is not an easy conversation to have. Pornography is a very, uh, to me, it's a very, um, it's a very, um, 
personalized space and it's accessible to adults who want to look at it. If you don't want to, it's how I've always felt about it. I don't think anyone should be looking at it or seeing it, even commercials, none of that. Nobody should see it unless they want to see it, right? So that being said, back in the day, that's how it was. You went to shops, you bought DVDs. Yep. I was in the DVD. I'm going to totally age myself here. I was in the VHS space. <laughs> so yeah, and you had to go like rent movies, right? So I, and then I was in the very kind of beginning of the internet space. And I'm just going to be honest, it's the internet that just literally blew it open. Hmm. And, and it, it became a place that anyone, okay, you think today is bad. In the beginning, it was even worse because you would get spammed. They would spam everyone's mailboxes with pornography stuff, right? Which I find to be so disgusting. Mm -hmm. So my mom's getting, right? My mom's getting wow. in, in her AOL <laughs> box. She's getting ads for pornography because that was how it was back in the beginning of the Wild West. But anyway, my point being is, it's changed where it's accessible to anyone. It wasn't that way before. It was not accessible to just everyone. So it kept we kept it in a very sort of safe, safe space for lack of a better. Now any any kid, any eleven year old can go online and look at porn. You know that, and I, and we all know that. Yeah. yeah, with just a few clicks. Yeah, you used to have to go to a special store. You had to go in the back. You know, um, that's right. Yeah, that's I, right. I mean, I'm I'm 56, so I I know these things too. And yep. like our um, local video store, one of the places I lived, it was a normal video store, but there was a black that's curtain right. in the back, that's right. and totally. it, it had a sign: you have to be 18 to enter. And yep. so you had to deliberately go out of your way that's right. to get this. That's now right. it's just a click. It's in the privacy of your home. It's gross. Okay. So again, you have to understand, I, I very much champion for sexual rights to adults. I also champion to keep kids away from sex, right? Like, are you kidding me? I, there's a person on, on TikTok talking about kink and kids. I'm like, wow. what's happening? What? Wow. And everyone's just acting like, woo. I'm like, no, not woo. This yeah. is going to turn into something else. There's always been a separation of kids and porn in the actual legal mainstream porn business, which I was in legal total. Like we've always had boundaries around children. That has mm -hmm. been one of our most important parts of our work is that we advocate to keep kids safe. So I want people to understand that too. The people who are actually in the real pornography business do not want anything to do with kids at mm -hmm. all. It's the, it's a mess now. It's, what do you, it's just a free for all, right? Anyone can make pornography. Now you can go on OnlyFans, and you can, you don't, you're a porn star in two seconds. You know, it's interesting. I, and I think that this is a really, I think this is a fascinating conversation. I'd, I'd love to have a, another opportunity at some right. point to really dig into this because porn is really, I'm, I'm very concerned about what yeah. this does. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm also really concerned with how do we, how do we conceptualize sexual morality in mm. this culture where everything has gone so far off the rails right. that that we we are at the point where little kids are being taught not to even know if they're boys or girls oh, and and so sex it's like an attack on sex at its root it's and yes right. and what yep. porn is doing i feel like the the online streaming porn i'm not a fan of porn i i'm mm. not a fan yeah. i wouldn't i wasn't a fan back when it was vhs tapes i'm sure. just you know i i think that it's uh I'm really concerned about what it does to divide people from each yeah. other and to disconnect people from one another. It's not sure. so much about being a sexual prude or anything. It's just about yeah. uh, when you, when you act, you acclimate yourself to enjoyment of voyeuristic uh, sexuality versus mm -hmm. uh, engaging with a partner, you really mm -hmm. change the game for yourself. And so, yeah. Uh, you know, I'd love to talk with you about that at length. And I'm not a judgmental sure. person so no, it's about no. attacking somebody's stance on this. It's just about understanding. But that's why you... I like you. And I appreciate you because <laughs> we don't have to agree, friend. This no. is like, I bet the whole world's going to be like, oh, my God, they're not even like hating yeah. on each other because it's OK for me that you say that. Mm -hmm. I, I, I first off, I'm, a, I'm all about free speech. So mm -hmm. you can call me the A word and call me whatever you want. <laughs> I can call you back to you. That's what's so great about free speech. But that being said, I want to have these conversations with people like you because I also want you to see that I agree. I mm -hmm. totally agree with you that pornography can become a crutch. It has ruined people's lives. There's, I've seen it happen. Mm -hmm. That being said, it's like anything, any substance abuse, right? If you mm -hmm. if you can do that with alcohol, you can do that with, with marijuana, you can do that with all kinds of things. People's own individual, we need to start 
trying mm-hmm. to tap into why certain people become addicted to it and why certain people don't, because many people don't become, and it doesn't ruin their relationships, but then many people do. That, that's all. I kind of just want to say, I mm-hmm. get what you're saying. Yeah. It's a fair point. Yeah. Well, and And I like that too. I really like your, what you just said about um, not having to agree with people. I think that there's so much we're, we're just seeing, and is it, is it kind of an internet thing? It's the creates this black and white thinking that people are engaging in where you, you have to judge others. And I I had a client recently say to me, you can either be judging or you can be understanding. And I thought that was really Mm, great. And I, I really prefer to try to understand and not be in a position of judging someone else. Everybody's making their own life choices and we're trying to figure this out and kind of coming back to using that, coming back to what you said about adults, you see this delineation. Okay. Kids let's teach kids in this certain way. And adults can, um, can engage in other things that, that are kind of outlined as adults only behaviors, but within that, what, what, how do you see, uh, how do you conceptualize? Is it anything goes or is there some kind of, are there walls? Where's, how do you define sexual morality? And yeah, this is that's a big, a great, big question. I know, but a huge question. And yeah. again, I think well, one of the things we need to understand is, I mean, it's such an overused word now, like gaslighting nuance. And mm-hmm. I, and I really do believe people should be able to come to things in their own way, shape or form. Now, that being said, kids coming into sex and sexuality and sexual morality, I think that's up to each individual family. If you want to teach your kid that all these things are bad, stay away, abstinence is the most important. I don't see why that's a problem because that is the way you want to raise your family. I might want to raise my family in a different way and teach my kid things in a different, That that's why I think family is so important on so many, in this whole conversation, whether it's pornography, whether it's LGBTQ, whether, you know what I mean? It's just talking about kids and what they're seeing in school. I, 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 I find that family and moralities and morals and integrity and all the things you want to teach your kid should come from the home yeah should should not come from out there so when you're telling me oh you know my office is full of product because i work in an industry that is adult right so i make adult products and my child is not allowed in my office (laughs) even though I'm very open about what I do. He doesn't know that's what I do, right? Because he's 11. He doesn't need to know that. And he doesn't need to see that. It doesn't mean that I think it's bad it, at all. It just means he's not ready to see mm, that. Right. And I know that in my mind. He's not ready. And he doesn't need to see that. That's not something needs to be put on him at 11. It's just like gender identity. Are you insane putting that on an 11-year-old kid, making them try to choose who and what they are at 11? You're non-binary at 11? No, you're not. No, you're not. You're a dude or you're a chick. <laughs> That's how I talk to my son. He comes home. Oh, somebody was non-binary at school. I go, dude, it's a joke. He's like, I know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know if I answered that question. No, I really correctly. love. I yeah, you d- yes, and I I love the the stress on parental rights and family individuality. I think that there's there if we start looking over the shoulders of other families and oh. how they're doing things, we're just always going to think they're doing everything wrong, but that's right. This was, uh, I have uh, my, my older two daughters are 27 and 25. And when they were, um, wait, what? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually weird. Cause you look 27. Or no, 20. I'm 40. I'm 47. So <laughs> right I was, uh, thank you. And you look great for 61, by the way, too. Um, and Jennifer, you look great for 56. We all said our ages, so we have to say we look great. Um, <laughs> but, um, we, when, when I was raising them, I was, you know, the people I knew who had little kids, I, I was sure that they were doing everything wrong and I was doing everything yeah, right. Totally. Like those guys, they spank their kids and their kids are going to yeah. hate them and be rebellious. And those guys, they're way too permissive and they blah, blah, blah. And so I had, I had my own set of judgments about how everybody else was doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And then when all these kids got to be you know, young adults, I'm looking around and these are all pretty well-adjusted people. They're just normal people. They're just, we do, everybody does it differently. And if we spend all our time judging how somebody else is doing it, we're just going to come up with a list of criticisms and not be looking right. at our own life. So I love the stress on parental rights and individuality. Thank you. It's, I mean, I just think we're, we're, we're losing family also. I see it. I'm not, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really disturbing. And, you know, back to the sex ed thing. It's so, it's so strange to me what's happened with that because when I was a kid in fifth grade, 
We had yeah. one day where they <laughs> were giving us the sex talk. We all That's knew it was right. coming and we were all hee hee about it. <laughs> they, totally. they sent home permission slips to the parents and it was just the sort of right. the basics of what you need to know, what sex actually is and that that's yep. how you get pregnant and what happens in pregnancy. It was just sort of like any other kind of health related yep. um, information that they would be giving. And now, and they've got these strange programs going into schools where they're teaching kids things about specific sex acts and how to have anal sex safely and what fisting means. And I mean, if somebody, God, this was, so this was like in fifth grade when they gave us our talk. If somebody Mm -hmm. told me that stuff at that age about fisting, I would be so traumatized. I would probably be like, well, I'm never going to do that. So I guess I can't get married and I'm going to have to become a nun or something. What, what do you think is the reason why they're bringing this into schools and they're so determined to talk to children about things oh, like fisting. That's right. It's grooming. <laughs> I mean, there has to be part of that. And I, and, and I know that word also is overused, but for reals, right? This is actually how it happens. You start at a young age, you start really kind of destigmatizing things that are, you know, fisting is a very specific thing for consenting adults and it's over yeah. here. It's like way over here. Right? It's way niche. <laughs> it's yeah, like over way, the mountain yeah. and through the tunnel. And it's way, it should never even be coming out of anyone's mouth outside of outside of the adult entertainment or BDSM space or wherever it's being used, if that makes sense. So so that that being said, I, 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 I'm shocked. We would have never done, and especially somebody who's so sex positive, I'm hugely sex positive, but that is not something any child should ever even know about mm-hmm. until they're old enough to understand consenting, talking about it, wanting to be. So I don't know. I think we have perverted weirdos and you know, it sucks that I have to say that, but crazy, you know, weirdo, sexualizing children. I believe this is on some level a sexualization of children. It has to be. I agree. Oh yeah. I no, I feel I feel like it's a form of abuse. And yep. um when I'm a therapist um by training and that's my career. And when I was in graduate school, it was widely accepted that exposing children to sexual material was in and of itself a form of abuse. And I still very much believe that because I can understand that they're not developmentally ready and that you don't want a young child interested in sex. You don't want to cause arousal. You also don't want to scare the living crap out of them, (laughs) um, which I think a lot of this will do. And it just, um, it's sick. It it totally freaks me out. Me too. How do you so so like you know he's an eleven year old boy butthole butthole. Right? It's like literally. <laughs> right. I'm like chill on the butthole already. Like you know they just want it. They want to get a reaction out of you. They they yeah. they, they, say, they keep pushing till you get that reaction. And I'm telling my partner, don't react. <laughs> just act like nothing, and then he'll stop saying it. And then he does. But my point being is like okay, now they're gonna teach him that stuff at school. Not a not no. Never going to happen with me being his dad ever, ever. I will march into that school. I will rip that stuff out. I will not tolerate that. Secondly, are they asking the parents? No, no. In a lot lot of school districts, they're not. And there's some have even refused to allow parents to opt their kids out. And also they're like building, they're putting this stuff into the curriculum so that it's so that it's woven through so deeply that you can't opt out because you can't find that thread and pull it yep yep it's being used yeah like there was being used for literature or for math yeah math math yeah there was was that what this one um this one teacher i talked to said they had this thing in the classroom where it was like uh, a ditto and one of the questions was a word problem if there's there's 20 children in a class five of them are trans so what percentage of the kids in that class are trans just to introduce to sneak in that's right in that concept right. of trans to children and i'm like who right. is doing this and what is it i do think you're partially right about the money because it is like a multi-million right. or multi-billion dollar industry and i mean the medicalization of children is really do you know how much financially it lucrative do you know how much no. that little Lupron, okay, oh, it makes me so angry, you guys. I get so angry. Leave those children alone. I will not stop. I won't. I will. Look, I'm turning Good. red in my Good. face because how dare you touch a child? First off, let me just yeah. explain something here. If people don't understand puberty blockers, what they want to give these children at 10 who say they're trans, 
only thing a puberty blocker does is physical. It's for mm -hmm. the physical appearance. It mm -hmm. has nothing to do with the brain, nothing to do the with the The only inside. benefit that it has. That's yeah. the mm -hmm. only benefit it has is so the kid won't Cosmetic. grow up. That's right. So instead of understanding what that actually means, you're destroying the brain, you're destroying the growth of the body, you're destroying the sexual space for this child, right? Also the reproductive system, the genital growth, I could go on and on and on. And so that little pill, it's a little like injection that they give the kid, I think every six months, it's a pellet that slow releases. Mm -hmm. uh, a mother told me it was $45,000. Wow. Who pays for that? insurance is, is that's is right doing that and so what's the racket how is this? so what's the racket yeah, but you yeah. watch we're going to get it taken off of insurance because that's a racket that insurance doesn't want to pay for it trust me they don't but insurance oh, yeah. is a crooked business and totally. so i totally. what's going on between insurance and the pharmaceutical companies and the subs, there you go yeah subs, yeah there you it's go. uh you know and i i kind of i kind of think sexuality is the new opium of the masses it's the yeah. you know it's yeah. the way that people are being spun into themselves to That's keep right. them busy so they don't they don't do anything to really because right now we have a crisis of um automation and mm. uselessness in people i and this was That's something true. that was being really talked about in the early 2000s we were mm. hearing a lot of conversation in the sociology spaces around mm. the concept of anomie or anomie where people were going to be feeling very useless and and redundant in their lives and not have a sense of purpose and so what were we what were we going to do with all these useless people and how how was this crisis of meaninglessness going to manifest in the next generation and well I mean, one way to do that is to get them wow. really busy thinking about sex and gender. And now they're just so busy with their sexuality that they I mean, don't it have all to... plugs. You literally plugged it in. I Meanwhile, mean, I... you have UBI and AI and all these things. And now people can just go sit home and masturbate and look at. No, totally. 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 But, but the, well, you know, they're saying that even sex for for young adults has gone down. Yeah. They, they are saying that that. So I'm wondering why that is even a something that is happening. There's pros and cons to that stuff. You know, reducing adults, the population again. Well, and I think go. that's I think that comes back to pornography again. There's this yeah. Dr. Trish yeah. Lee who has this really great podcast called Porn Brain Rewire and helps people oh, to great. get over porn addiction. And she helps okay, mostly men, but women too, who mm -hmm. are addicted to porn. And she has really mm -hmm. great like information packed podcast that's really i i plugged this a bunch of times but i'll plug it again Great. and she has uh talked about how when we when we masturbate to pornography when you orgasm to to voyeuristic content yeah. what you're actually doing you're still secreting all these bonding hormones and you okay. start to bond to the process of masturbatory wow. um uh, stimulation and so you have retrained yourself to be oriented towards voyeurism and masturbation rather than towards sex. And so you've actually wow. trained yourself away from being able to engage sexually with a partner. And so when you've got kids that are accessing porn really young and really early, right. and they're starting to develop a habit with this, they are no longer able to perform with a partner. And this was oh another God. really interesting thing. I listened to John Ronson's butterfly effect recently. I don't know if you've heard that. That's yeah. I love John Ronson. It's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love his work. I love how yep. non-judgmental he is. And he just yep. comes in and he just looks at the situation and lays it out unless you make your own mind up. But one of the things that he talks about in the butterfly effect, he's actually on set on some porn sets and he's talking with porn actors. And he realized at one point when uh, the male actors are trying to get ready to get erect and, and be able to perform in the scene, they have to look at pornography to do that. So That's they're right. sitting there on their phones, looking at porn in order to get aroused for the woman in front of them that they're about to film a scene with to get other people aroused. So they can't even get aroused to that scene with the real life woman in front of them. Wow. That's not enough. They need that online, that, that streaming, those videos yep, and, and that right. kind of visual content. So they're, they are so highly attuned. Even these guys who do this well, for a living. Wow. So fascinating about that. I remember wh where I come from 20 or so years ago, it was mm -hmm. totally not that way because we didn't have that, right? What we did is we actually found people we were attracted to. So, so that it came off. Cause I was always a stickler for real. <laughs> if that makes sense. I, I mean, I can see the difference between fake and real. And mm -hmm. so for me, it was always having that connection, mm -hmm. you know, so finding back in, chemistry and you can see it on film and then guys didn't have to look at the porn and uh, and you know and also you have to understand it's a factory 
Pornography mm-hmm. is a factory. So some of these guys are shooting five scenes a day. Can you imagine? So it just becomes a factory of, of this stuff. And, you know, you have to understand it's a multi-billion dollar industry, especially now with the internet. So the more content you put out, the more, so these guys are like doing all, to me, it has become some, it's just become a factory. It hasn't mm. become, which has also, you what know, does that I, do to us? That does that do to us? And also what does that do to the content we're putting out there? It just becomes whatever you throw out against the mm. wall and, 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 and it sticks. It is, you know, trust me, I, I, I have love and hate relationship with the yeah. industry, but yeah. I'm around people who are very much about keeping it safe and for people who need it and not in a, you know, and I know that's difficult for some people to understand, but mm-hmm. we do really care about where it goes and how it does, because we have to, I have to care if I want it to be, I'm going to tell you something right now. You don't want it to become illegal. You do mm-hmm. not because it will go back alley again, which becomes a whole other. That's why mm-hmm. you don't want cannabis. You want cannabis to become legal mm-hmm. because once that happens, we have grow houses everywhere that are doing illegal stuff. But once it becomes mm-hmm. actually federally legal, those places won't exist anymore because mm-hmm. it becomes, you know, like alcohol just becomes part of the system. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you as much as I don't like porn and I would love to snap my fingers and have it disappear. I tend to agree. <laughs> I, I tend to agree about the legality a little bit because I, I'm much yeah. more interested in what's ethical and what's moral than what's legal because legal is kind of a last resort. I, I, that's right. I'm not a big fan of, of that, but um, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's where we find that that's where we find that sort of common ground with it. I, mm-hmm. I is what I'm always trying to do with people. I, you know, I get mm-hmm. nailed by those, what do they call them? Gender critical mm-hmm. people. <laughs> I get nailed by them all. They come after me hard. I'm just like, hold up here. It's your fault. <laughs> it's not, I made movies. I didn't force people to watch my movies, but you, you have to see, I get that a lot from people mm-hmm. that it's my fault. People are watching or in porn or you know or well I when people really it. want to be polarized and when people are trying really hard to fall into black and white thinking it's very difficult that's to right. occupy a middle ground position and it seems like that's yeah. something that that you're really doing and i think that it's it serves a purpose to be a Thank person you. who can say okay i can sit here in the middle and see both sides yep and so I can. You've brought. You've probably gotten a lot of hate from the trans activists, and then <laughs> also the gender criticals are not not happy with you. So, what's that like? I love it. <laughs> are you kidding me? I live for that stuff. I've always been that guy. My dad said you must be loving this because I've always been that guy who pushes against the grain. If that if that makes sense, and I've always been a very individual person. I transitioned before pretty much anybody back in the day. The people hated me when I transitioned. The lesbian women I was around. Oh my god. God, they called me a traitor. People hated me. I mean, I got so much crap from everyone for transitioning. I was the first person here in Los Angeles with my doctors, everyone. People thought I was totally insane for doing this. Fast forward today, a lot of those women are now asking me, how do they transition? Mm. Which is fascinating to me. What changed in, in that space? And what? why are now more people thinking they're trans when why didn't they think they were trans 30 years ago Mm -hmm. does Mm -hmm. that make sense like i i don't know Mm -hmm. why all of a sudden i felt like this my whole life and -hmm. i've always been that guy to push against and i'm not going to let two groups of people who have different opinions than i do tell me how to think that's just not going to happen so if i'm the bad tranny i don't care if i save one child i want to tell everyone here today if i save one child i did my job and i already have i know it Kids write me all the time. Thank you, Trampa. Thank you. I didn't go the route because I listened to you and I'm not trans. I'm mm-hmm. just gender nonconforming. Mm-hmm. And so you lived 30 years uh, as a woman and then you've lived 31 years as a, as a male and, as or, a male. Yeah. um, um what transsexual man, yeah. you appear very masculine. So Thank it's you. like, you, you, yeah, I don't know what the proper terminology is around that. I get, like, I get just, people get you look like a good tranny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trampa, that's cute. But so did you, do you feel like, and I think that one, one thing that, that you, as an example to younger people uh, do very well is to show that they don't have to be in such a rush. They can wait because you're past, yeah. you pass so well. And so when I'm talking to a 16 year old girl who is desperate to take her, her uh, to get a mastectomy and wants to get on, on uh, pills for hormone replacement for masculinization, I can say, look, there's no hurry. Let yourself grow up. If you still feel like this when you're an adult, that's another conversation. 
that you can have. And there are, it's not going to compromise your ability to appear the way that you think you want to appear. So don't be in such a rush. You allow yourself the opportunity to, to know what it feels like to be in an adult body first before you start to think about changing that. And so I think that, that you serve a, a really good example for people who are who have a kid who's in that rushed kind of headspace. Well, they're being and pushed into that headspace. They are, that. yeah. They're being told that if they don't, they'll kill themselves. So horrible, horrible right. thing to even say to a parent because mm -hmm. we all know that's gross. Secondly, hello, <laughs> hello, I'm here. And I went through puberty as a female and I lived 30 years. So everything you're saying, my friend, is exactly what I say to them. And then they don't like, well, Buck, if you would have had an opportunity as a kid, you would have transitioned. I, do not speak for me. Do not tell me that. I would have never chosen it. Even today, I wouldn't have chosen you it. You wouldn't choose Why? to go back and nope. do that. No, I would not. Now, I struggle to get to this space. Thank you. Thank you, God. If I didn't struggle, I would not be this dude I am today. And that's what I'm trying to get the kids to understand. you got to live some life. you got to figure it out. By the time you're 18, 19, go ahead, kiddo. If you think you need to really do it, you go right ahead. But I'll tell you right now, I'm pretty much sure you're going to change your mind. And then you're going to turn around and thank me because this is no turning back. I cannot go back to living as a woman as much as I would want to. And then I'd send them to the detransitioners. Mm -hmm. I'm like, go listen to some detransitioners. Stop listening to all your yeah. trans friends who are telling you, oh, dude, you must be trans because you like short hair, mm -hmm. right? They're, they're telling kids, like their peer pressure, there's peer pressure mm -hmm. from the other trans kids to become trans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jennifer, it's like what you, you mentioned how we've totally rewritten what it means in terms of of child development to expose kids to sexual content early but we've also rewritten what it means to listen to how adolescents develop an identity like That's right. where did that go didn't we used to have a, a widely accepted and understood uh, body of knowledge that kids go through an identity development process and there's an identity That's crisis right. during adolescence and we don't really know what we want Right. Well, and we try on all our different identities and we think, aha, this is it. And, and then we yeah. say, no, not so much. Let me try something different. And that's actually part of, I think the sort of like, it's the work of adolescence, but it's also some of the charm of it and the play. And it's quite funny to look back on our <laughs> stages that we went through. You know, I used to have this crazy spiked hair and, <laughs> um, you know, wore crazy clothes. And, and I look back on that fondly, but I'm really glad I that there wasn't an option for me to permanently do that to my hair. Right. Uh, you know, it's just... When I look back now on myself as a young person, I realize how little I knew and how highly emotionally attached I would get to whatever the sort of flavor of the day was. And to be making permanent decisions when you're going through that, I just think is it's really kind of tragic that we're not protecting yeah. kids. No, we're not. That's a great word right there, protecting that's, I feel like if you saw a picture, you would see me like this <laughs> in front of the kids. Go ahead and try it. That's what I just feel. Leave them alone. They don't know who they are. You're telling them who they are. That's remember, right. Remember what I said earlier, the difference between a transsexual and a transgender? Transgender is an identity. You see what they're doing? They're dangling right. the identity. This is so different. They don't, they're not even going towards transsexual because they're not. So that's how I can show you. These kids are identifying as trans. Trans joy. Trans rights are human rights. Trans women are women. Right? Blah, blah, blah. All all the mantras all go to very culty behavior. They're literally in, that's yeah. an indoctrination. And when a kid says I'm trans, I'm like, but what does that mean, kiddo? They can never answer you ever. Mm -hmm. Ask a kid what a transsexual is. I have so many younger guys, young trans men who are you know, like 19 or 20, really cat latching onto me mm -hmm. and saying that they are also identifying as transsexual now that's mm -hmm. how they know and they don't want to be associated mm -hmm. with the trans umbrella. So I'm I'm actually trying to show you the difference between there are young men like me. There's no doubt about it. But we have to understand it's so small. Trans mm -hmm. is a small yeah. mental ill it's it's a mental disorder. It really is. I'm, I have a mental disorder. It doesn't make it bad. It makes mm -hmm. it good for me to understand why I feel this way, right? When you get a diagnosis of of anything, right, of 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 diabetes, all of a sudden you're like, oh, that's why I don't feel so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
of all, and then there's a bunch of people running around identifying as, as diabetic. <laughs> it's crazy. That's what I'm saying. You're literally identifying as my disorder. It's mm -hmm. insulting. Yeah. It's wrong. Yeah. It's, it's, it's insulting to me. It took me a long time to get to this space. And I very, very much hold a lot of gratitude for where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. And it's why I fight this fight because this isn't an easy path. And I don't want any kid to go down this path unless they're adamant that they're never, ever going to look back. I have never looked back. Not once, not the minute I took that testosterone to this time I sit today. I've never said, oops, did I make a mistake? Never, mm -hmm. never. No, you've never had any regrets never mm -hmm. why <laughs> mm -hmm. well you know i i think it's interesting to ask the question and i don't know if anybody's asking the question is there is there a biological component mm. to what's going on with the increase in gender dysphoria among young people is there something going on mm. and i i wonder about the endocrine disrupting chemicals that we've been okay we've been you know we've yeah. have more hormones there's birth control in the water they mm. test it and you find hormones everywhere we're in <sighs> our cows full of hormones i mean we're just doing all kinds of all kinds of experiments they warn us about the phthalates and our plastics mm -hmm. about the bpa and all of the reasons that these are there these warnings are out there is because it, it disrupts our chemical uh sure. our our hormonal balance and so um, sperm counts going down in boys right. and like testosterone levels are down in yeah. men. Yeah. That's and so right. I can't help, but wonder, is there maybe some biological component to why more people would be asking this question? And then certainly there's a social component. We see the social mm -hmm. contagion is very obvious. It's very right. obvious yeah. that you start exposing kids to these conversations yeah. and they're going to, you know, they're going to internalize a lot of this. And, and then as other kids that they think are cool are doing this and something edgy and kids are always looking for the edge. They're always That's looking right. for something, the something to rebel with. And, and so the, the social contagion is really obvious. I think that there's a big giant question mark around the hormonal aspect, but mm. regardless, um, something is happening where more people are having concerns. And I talk with young people who are, uh, trans identified and, um, the kids that I've spoken with are really intelligent, really mm -hmm. sensitive, really lovely people who are deeply introspective and really feel like they are the real deal. And they're the, the friends, the people that they see at school are trenders, you know, but I'm re <laughs> you know, for me, yeah. this is real. I, this isn't a trend. I really mean it. And, and if you're just to listen to these kids and these, these kids are, are kids with parents who are really concerned about this and have been really concerned about trying to guide their kid in a loving way mm. out of this. They don't want to see their kid fall into this and they're not taking them to a gender therapist who's going to affirm. And so th this, these parents are trying to do the right thing. And yet the kid is sitting there holding this and, and no, that's right. For me, this is really real. And, right. and so you know, there's got to be, and I, and I really think that there's a lot of value in allowing yourself to go through, as we were talking about all the stages of development, you, you can't jump the gun on yourself. We see this in the detransitioners who tell their stories where they really felt like this was real for them at that time. It was very real. And so what, do you have a sense of like, when would a person know, when would it have been long enough that you know yourself when, what what That's is your scope of the the problem there it's a fantastic question and what i want to say from my own experience and my experience around other trans people for the last 30 or so years is that you it's it's an individualized space this isn't one size fits all and that's what i first off see with these young people there's a one size fits all and that's the self id that they gave these kids and mm -hmm. so of course they all want to be trans because it's the cool awesome thing to be and of course you're going to think you're more trans than the next person right i was more punk rocker than the other punk rocker yeah. when i was yeah. a kid right you're not punk you're a poser dude right <laughs> That's totally how we, and so I see the same language with trans. You can just put any generation, right? Emo, whatever, right on top of it. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, so that that being said, I think first off, it's an individualized journey. I think secondly, affirmation therapy is indoctrination, and I mm -hmm. think should be illegal, and it should never ever touch a trans trans kid. There's no such thing as trans kids. These are kids who are dealing with dysphoria, anxiety, maybe autistic, maybe because we see a large, yeah. Um, kids are autistic. Um, uh, and if you know anything about that, 
completely makes sense to me why they would think they're trans. Um, and, and I think that what we need to implement here is that we need to take away this trans identity and we need it to get it back into a medicalized space. And so if you think you're transsexual, that's fine, but we're going to put you into a therapy space mm -hmm. and we're not going to play this game with you. And parents, we need to start teaching parents to sort of push. Since when don't parents push back on their kids? Are you insane? These kids need discipline. I mean, I pretty much think we probably all agree on this. Don't kids thrive in a, a space of sort of 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 of, of discipline, boundaries of structure, yes. boundaries. Yeah, boundaries. Yeah, absolutely. It's and shocking. I think that this is a you know you're bringing up something that's really important. These parents are terrified because they don't have any. There's nobody backing them up. That's right. The, yeah. the infrastructure right that's now right. with school and with therapists. That's tells right. them that they're the one that's wrong. And so if they try to push back against their kid, their kid runs into the arms of the people who will then right. undermine the parental right. authority. Well, that's right. That's, I mean, that goes back to what um, you were saying earlier, Buck, about the importance of the family. And this undermines the family so much. That's I mean, right. if you can't even agree on the most basic things. It's, it's totally undermining. And, and parents have been bullied oh by God. therapists who tell them, you know, well, would you rather have a um, happy trans kid, or would you rather have a dead kid? You know, this utter nonsense. What? I and mean, the fact as a parent, it's it would be terrifying, right? You'd think, well, I better do what the experts say. There you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. Don't you guys see it? We, we're all we see it. We're trying to give this to the world. It has been in this has been a complete plan. It's a plan. And and they're implementing all of these little pebbles. See, I see pebbles leading to the van with no windows. Right. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> I see. Come this way, kiddos. Here oh my gosh. Yeah. Totally and in that van is a scalpel and a, a prescription it's, of pills. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's to the trans hospital. That's exactly right. So yeah. it, it's like they're implementing little steps for these kids. I just saw Netflix just put some new t cartoon, right, with a trans kid or like some non-binary kid. I'm like, this is indoctrination. This is not okay. Kids should not be seeing that. Mm -hmm. Why would we ever want a kid to be trans? This is my mm -hmm. ultimate question to the world out there. Good Why question. That's right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't, and I'm trans and I don't want to see any trans kids. I want to see kids grow out of it and have a normal childhood and have a normal adulthood. This isn't normal. I'm not normal people. It's not easy. I don't like to, you know, it will actually make me cry because it's, it's, it's so upsetting what they are thinking that this is going to help a kid. This is going to mess a kid up for the rest. I'm lucky enough that I've been in therapy for 30 something years because I, I really understand the importance of it. But you think these kids, even understand what therapy is. They're not even going to therapy. Mm -hmm. They're just being told by crazy doctors. These aren't even doctors. These people are should be lose their license. They should lose yeah. everything. What they're doing is child abuse as far as I'm concerned. And you know, that's what people don't understand. I look happy because I am. I'm a happy person. I, I'm very, but I would have never chose this if mm -hmm. I didn't have to choose it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to live with this. I, it's not fun to wake up every day and like don't think I don't wake up every day. I know exactly who I am. And I'm not a man. I'm a transsexual man and I'll never be a man and I'll never have a penis and I'll never do the things that normal men do. I can't get my wife pregnant. It's, there are things that are also not fun for me mm -hmm. and that we have to, you know, find, you have to find your way through the world. And once mm -hmm. you do that, you can make yourself happy, but why would I ever want a kid to live with this? And why are they saying, trans joy right trans euphoria tra it's all indoctrination mm -hmm. and it, where where does that road lead to where does that why why are we leading these kids into this space there's a bigger plan at play here and they're just using all these kids as collateral damage you're right God, it a, just seems so evil failure. it's a it's medical evil. medical ethical moral failure that's it right. is. That's right. I think one that, you know, history will look back on oh, with tremendous shame. Oh, God. I can't even believe we're doing it. It's, it just seems like everyone is asleep at the wheel. I know. It, just, <laughs> it feels like it feels like a bad dream. And any it second does. we'll wake up it and does. go, what the fuck was that? Yep, that's right. That's totally right. And it, 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 and it, I just hate how they're making it look like trans is beautiful. I hate it beyond belief. You know, 
because I, again, I have to walk this space where I'm like, don't get me wrong. I did the right thing. I feel great. But then I have to walk the space that says, but I don't really want children to do this. So and on some yeah. level, is, does that make me a hypocrite? Do, am I saying, you know, it worked for no. me. It's not going to work for you. No, it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, give the kids. I didn't do it until I was an adult and I lived a whole yeah. life. Right. I, I was a, I was a, a badass little tomboy kid. You know, I, I was on all the all-star all teams. I became an amazing athlete. I was sponsored by Adidas Nike. I was going to the Olympic thing. I was just doing all of this amazing mm. stuff, but at the same time, guzzling alcohol, mm. cutting myself, doing all kinds of shit secretly, right? So people couldn't see me. And I was dealing with my sexuality mm. at that time. I was not dealing with trans. I was liking girls and I was a girl and that was in the seventies. Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not easy. No. It's, I would love, I know we have to wrap up because um, yeah, we, have a, yeah. we have a time limit, but okay, uh, I would love to talk with you sometime, Buck, about the the partition between childhood and adulthood. And, yeah. and I don't yeah. know, you know, it sounds like you have one definition of that and I don't know what my definition of that yet is, okay. but I have the sense that we really are training kids to be the kind of adults that they're going to be. So there's got to be some, right. there has to be some education about what the adult life is going to be like. And we also, what the, the idea that like it's, everything opens up and it's this playground of the mind once you're an adult that that's that that's not that's not allowed to you as a kid that's not available yes. to you as a kid yes. I wonder about that and I'd love to maybe explore that and that would be and awesome. talk about that because I I'm not sure how I conceptualize that but it sounds like you have you have a concept of that that it would be interesting well, what, to into. what I like to say is this I'm in charge here kiddo <laughs> to, to the kids and also to the young kids out there I don't care if you dislike me I, I'm I am trampa. I'm an elder in this community and I take that responsibility very seriously and why I step up and why the kids are trying to punch me in the face. What kid doesn't say that to older right people? You're wrong. But but also what I want is for kids to be able to find their footing without a parent yeah. always correcting. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like that's yeah. also not good. You you also have to let a kid fall. But we cannot. I beg of everybody out there listening to this, we cannot say they're trans kids. That is mm -hmm. actual lie. Yes. And, and you're actually doing damage to these kids. Damage yeah. beyond belief. So yeah, yeah. That, that's that's kind of where I want to leave that. <laughs> Thank you so much. It has been an absolute delight meeting you, Bob. Uh, you too, friend. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a therapist. We need more. We need, I can tell you're <laughs> awesome. We need more of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, one thing I've really enjoyed listening to you on other interviews and in, in your own videos is just how, how, what a warm and, and, uh, and loving presence that you really have, Buck. I love that you really are all about connection and trying to understand the other person's side. And I really come back to that thing that you said earlier about, even if you don't agree wholeheartedly with someone, you can still have a conversation. You can still be accepting. You can still be respectful. And I, I really think that's fantastic. And we need a lot more of that. So Gosh. thank you for hey, man. doing. Uh, thank you. Thank you, ladies. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for that. No, <laughs> not with us. We're all ladies here, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Thank awesome. you so much. Thank Have a you. Great day. Bye. Thank you too. Mark.